Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we were joined um, by Robert Lee, the former European Tour pro golfer and Sky commentator because there are big plans afoot in the world of golf that will have pretty seismic uh, knock-on effect for the game and indeed possibly for the the uh, guy who just has the occasional casual game of golf. So uh, you'll hear more about that. We had a bit of a chat. We checked in once again with Andy Smart, didn't we? Yeah, that was good. At the uppers and downers. Day two, still going on. And uh, we spoke to the Grand Bud auctioneers as well because uh, they've got a big sale on with a very coveted uh, lot. So uh, that's all coming up, and here it is. Seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody, and uh, amazing last night to have live football prime time on BBC One and ITV One. Even I thought that was a bit much. Yeah, and a choice of games. And uh, I, I wish I'd chosen the other game. Yes, <laughs> but it just shows you Peterborough did brilliantly for forty-five minutes. It shows you these games are hard. I mean, yeah. I thought the Spurs started okay and not particularly on the front foot, but they looked quite confident. But mm. in the as the longer the game wore on, that's the way. Borough play and they deserved to win, didn't they? Yeah, they certainly did yeah. deserve to win. They had very, they had very good chance. They had two kind of free headers. I mean, the, the reaction of the Tottenham defenders, uh, all getting very organised. But as soon as the ball actually came into the box and they were all turning on each other and moaning. I mean, Christian Rom- Romero, fine player with the ball at his feet, but I think he's got a bit of work to do on marking from corners. And um, the thing that you know, we're going to talk a bit later on about Conte's issues, and I think real concerns over whether. This is a good fit. Conte for Tottenham is a good fit because if you've got a philosophy at board level which is very different from that of the manager, how can that really ever work long term? But that's something we'll we'll chat to a chat to an Italian football expert a bit later on and whether they've been surprised. The thing that got me, Annie, was that Conte said after the game, when you play in matches like this, you must kill your opponent, you must be strong, you must impose yourself. Yeah, yeah. So why did, I mean, you know, he's nominally the manager, isn't he? He sends them out, he sets, <laughs> the, he sets them up in a certain way, to play in a certain way, and they, they were very Nuno-like, they were very passive. They From yeah. the off, really, they were looking to play on the break, soak it up and play on the break, because you know, it was very odd. It's interesting, look at the games they've won recently. City, they give you half the pitch to play in, obviously, which is perfect yeah. for them. Leeds, who are not at it at the moment, give you a lot of room to play. Against Burnley, against Wolves, when they were closed down, especially in midfield, the two guys playing in midfield are just not comfortable when players are 
on them quickly. No. And, they don't and need much. They need two world class wing backs and a PLO figure in the middle. Yeah. Otherwise, they pretty much got everything else they need. They do need more creativity. I yeah. mean, the most creative player in Tottenham midfield is, is yeah. normally I Harry, mean, a lot of, is Harry a lot Kane. Of clubs need that. That's true. Yeah. I was fascinated by Chris Wilder's strangely unstructured raincoat. It was a really odd. It's an inter- was it a raincoat? Was it an overcoat? It was a kind of overcoat, but the way he was wearing it, it was like an ascot frock coat. It was. I expected Martin Ellis Jones from Hetherington Hats I, to sell him a top hat. I, I wondered if it's one that he often wears for Royal Ascot. <laughs> And he just thought, I'll get up. I'll, One button done. He's up probably, done, what's yeah. that stuff called? Uh, um, Scotch guard. He's, it's his old Ascot long coat that he's Scotch guarded that he now wears as a Mac because the water just bounces <laughs> off him. It's quite tight as well, wasn't it? Was it was very tight. He liked it. He liked <laughs> it. It was quite stylish in its own way. Very, very, very nice. I thought, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they did play well, Burr, and they, they could have sewn up. Big could have sewn up in normal now, yeah. time, but. Yeah. It's all very well for Mike Riley to apologise to Everton. Yeah. But if they go down by a point, is he going to contribute to the uh, parachute payments? Yeah. Honestly, uh, Keith Hackett has called for a complete change of regime at the PGMOL. It's called for people like Howard Webb to be involved, our own Mark Housie or Clattenburg. He's right. It's got to change. This cannot. The Premier League cannot allow this to carry on because yeah. it's, it's been a disaster this season, I think. Yeah, no, that Very was that was a, a, a really, really poor call, wasn't it? But, you know, yeah. look, he presides over these referees, he hands out the instructions, and they're happening on his watch. So it's not the first time whether he should be doing the job has been brought up, certainly. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, the, one of the judges in the uh, Catterall-Taylor fight, so mm. controversial, was called Ian John Lewis. That's right. Never knowingly underscored. That's very true. <laughs> that's it, yeah. That's him. I think that's <laughs> quite possibly true, yeah. And I was telling you this story by Robert Kraft, who owns the New England Patriots. Not the old uh, England spin bowler. <laughs> no, that's okay. Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft, <laughs> yes. Yes, no, Robert Kraft, you could turn it more naked. <laughs> Robert Kraft, he came in the studio, don't you remember? Yeah. He said, he'd never, he said he'd never buy, so he won't be buying Chelsea. He'd never buy a Premier League club because he, he doesn't believe in promotion and relegation. Yes, tremendous. Uh, yeah. uh, but anyway, he was uh, he, he met Vladimir Putin. This is a very mm. instructional thing. And uh, basically, he, Putin took a shine to his, uh, to his ring. Yeah. His, the Super Bowl ring, which, right. had, you know, it's covered in diamonds and all that. It's really yeah, gaudy, yeah, yeah. but, you know, they're unique. And uh, he tried it on. He said, I could kill someone with this. And then allegedly put it in his pocket and abruptly left the room. Aye, aye. Yeah, he basically pocketed Did it. Did he think that Robert Kraft wouldn't notice this <laughs> thing that's been on his I think he thought that Robert Kraft wouldn't say anything. Yeah. And did he? <laughs> no. So he just let, he him, he let him walk out? Well, I think he did, With yeah. a Super Bowl ring. Apparently, yeah. Not uh, something out of Grange Hill. That, I know, it? it's not great, is it? <laughs> like he cornered him in the toilets. <laughs> Oi, Zamo, give me your Super Bowl ring. <laughs> well, Gripper steps. That's apparently what happened. Yeah. And I do like these letters to... Well, One for the kids. Very much. Letters that people that write... I've got them. Getting a thousand-yard stare from our 12-year-old oh, I've got, producer. I've got the best. Grange Hill is about a school, John. <laughs> it is. They it is. still may bring right. it back. If you think that's one for the kids, yeah. try this one. Yeah. This is a headline I came yeah. up with for uh, this story about a chap called Max Stanford, 34, who broke the record for eating Jaffa cakes. Yeah, yeah, well done him. And I couldn't believe the headline wasn't Max Jaffa. <laughs> <laughs> a man who basically had a 70-year career in showbiz, but yeah. did die in 1991. Celebrity violinist. Celebrity violinist, I, Max Jaffa. Max Jaffa. So <laughs> would have been a good headline. I would have got it, Andy. Yeah, I know. They'd have had to explain it, and so, that would have yeah. taken quite... Quite a bit yeah, of explaining. Yeah. We file that one under Don't Tell Mimi. That's a long story. <laughs> That's a long story. And this one, this <clears throat> letter yeah. to The Sun yesterday, mm. I've got this thing about people who add nothing but just tell you exactly what happened and you think, why have you
you publish this. Uh, Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel brought on late sub Kepa Ariza Balaga because of the good record of saving penalties. Mm. But the keeper did not save any and missed his own to hand the Carabao Cup to Liverpool, says Mick in Wrexham. Yeah, thanks very much, Mick. (laughs) It's not a person that didn't know that, is there? (laughs) What's the point? <laughs> okay. Is that worth 50 quid? That's not worth anything. All you've got to do is point out what's already happened for 50 quid in a star letter. It's already worth it. That's a little cottage industry. That's a little side yeah. hustle, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, can... very funny. It's very yeah, interesting. Yeah. They, uh, mm. In the break last night, they showed the Luton-Chelsea semi-final in 1994 oh, at yeah. Wembley when we won 2-0 <clears throat> goals yeah. by Gavin Peacock. Oh, yeah, I remember that. We, yeah. were there. we thought it was great at the time. Yeah. So we weren't to know what was going to come and everything. So if it goes back to that, what are you going to do? Oh, okay. Andy is... <laughs> Uh, and, and he thinks it's all over. <laughs> I well, don't he may be right, think. he may not I be right. I don't necessarily think we're that. Gonna, that's where we're going to be stop. honest, I've absolutely no idea. No, I don't think anybody does. And, you know, we've got to look at the knock-on effects to Everton as well with the uh, Usmanov situation. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now we turn to the world of golf, uh, Yes, interesting, interesting story. story. There's, there's been this ongoing debate for a long time to limit, uh, because obviously the courses are getting to the stage, the great courses, but they're not fit for purpose. The boys being hit so far by the big hitters that uh, it's, it's it's also fairly boring. As yes, well. of course that has an aspect to it. So and, and you know it's very difficult to to make a huge difference to these iconic courses, which means you have to start looking at 
at the equipment, and, and that's what they've been doing for quite a long time. And it seems that the RNA and the US Golf Association are getting ever closer to making a call on this. And so what they're really discussing is a kind of two-tier system. Where, I mean, obviously the equipment makers are resistant to this, but whereas there's kind of limiters on the ball and, and the clubs at top level, but if you're just somebody who likes a recreational game of golf, you can still go out and buy the equipment as is. Um, because they've already done all that R and D into uh, I mean, into club making competitions this would be interesting. You know, whether people would allow that. You know, for the purely recreational golfer, I can see no problem. But yeah, you, uh, the higher level you go up, the more difficult it would be. I'd well, imagine. there is a lot to unpack because it's a, it's a, a complex story. Uh, Rob Lee joins us now, former European Tour Pro and Sky commentator. Hi, Rob. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. Good afternoon. It seems that, yeah, they've been kind of putting this off because they know what a hot potato it is. And it's obviously they're getting a lot of pushback from some pretty big stakeholders in the game with big equipment companies. But it seems they are going to announce their findings and, and maybe start to move in this direction. You know, a bit of background. When I, when, we, when I first started playing early 80s, everyone played with a ballata ball, essentially a rubber cover with a wound inside. You all would have remembered when rubber bands were round in a tight ball, mm. then a rubber cover over it. That was the old ballata ball. Um, it spun so much more than the modern ball does. It didn't go as far as the modern ball does. But as they um, made drivers out of titanium and made them bigger, they made a ball that suited the driver. Low spin, high launch, and you get extra yardage. That's undeniable. Nicholas was talking about this 20, 25 years ago, mm. that they've got to do something because he was a course designer then. And he realized that if things kept going, as he could see it moving to where it is nowadays, you almost got to build an 8,000-yard course to give these guys anything more than a wedge in their hand to some of the par fours. And the RNA and the USGA just kept pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. And now we're here at the point where they're actually going to have to do something. And, uh, yeah, it looks like they're going to go for the – it's a fancy word, bifurcation, mm. but it means that the amateurs will have their um, – playing characteristics with their clubs and balls and the pros will have a different set what about this link between the pros you you see uh, somebody like Deschambeau drive the ball 400 yards and you think oh sure. I, I need a new driver i'll go and buy his yeah you know that is a definite He's link only, isn't, isn't it 280 maybe you're not so keen <laughs> <laughs> well it, you know it, it, well are, are the mean, manufacturers going to find the manufacturers yeah mm. yeah go on go ahead i was just gonna say are they going to fight back against are they going to resist i think it? they have been already rob haven't they it's it's <clears throat> they already lost a case to uh, when Ping had the square groove thing that the the rules maker said was illegal. That went to court. That was very expensive. It will be very expensive if the club manufacturers are not on board initially. I mean, they, their thing is I'm selling you the golf ball that Tiger uses, and I'm selling you the driver that Tiger uses. Uh, um, so you're not as good as Tiger, but you can go and and pretty much play with the same stuff that he plays with. It won't be exactly the same, but it's pretty pretty close. That's a big sales point for the Callaways and the Titleists mm. and the Pings and all the other companies. So if that's taken away from them and they're saying, right, you play your amateur game, and I agree with this. Amateurs, make the game as easy as possible for the club golfer. Don't make it hard for them. Make it as easy as possible. Let them enjoy it. But for the pros, I think we're in a place now where you know, with kids, when we grew up, it was you've got to catch it out the centre of the club because an off-centre here, with a wooden driver meant it was going sideways, unplayable. The modern kid grew up smashing it as hard as he could with the mm. big-headed drivers, and that's why they get to a situation now when they're in their early 20s 
they're already hitting it miles and miles with a new equipment in the ball, it's really hard to reverse it. So I, I think this can only happen with an agreement with a, um, a say-so from all the manufacturers that they're going to go along with this, but it's going to hurt them. It's going to be a difficult one. I mean, you've got a whole generation of players, a lot of them coming out of American colleges, who, who play in a certain way, and it's been built sure. on that the equipment they were able to use. And you're kind of new to them, don't you? So this is, yeah, I mean... Sort of the men from the boys, Well, even really. Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods have been quoted as saying, look, this is all a bit too late, you know. As you said, Jack, is, yeah. Jack Nicholas has been saying this for years, so why not, you know, is it, is it, is it sort of too late to try and deal with this now? It's, it, you know, you, you make a very good point because the modern college player, the youngsters, when they start at 10, they're smashing it. They're still smashing it. They go through college, smashing it. They learn that when they get out on the PGA Tour or the DP World Tour, that distance pays. Statistically, the further you hit it, the shorter your second shots are in. Uh, you, you gain inches. You gain marginal inches as you go through um, your scorecards through a season. So hitting it miles has become the thing. Bryson DeChambeau, case mm. in point. But how can you how can you then say, well, because someone's going to be at the cutoff, aren't they? Someone's going to be through their golfing life as a teenager, get to college, and then you get to the point where you're going to have to get used to, I don't know what they're looking at, 10% less maybe? It doesn't sound that much. But if if all of a sudden a 330-yard drive goes 300 yards, mm. it's, actually a, it's actually a big clawback. It's going to be very difficult. Someone's going to lose out. It's going to be a talented player who's going to have to readjust everything or it's going to be the manufacturers because the rules say that, that as things stand, that's now not going to be legal. So somewhere along the way, somebody's going to lose out. It's going to be very complicated. Yeah. And the job for the manufacturers is not to make the feel and the touch different because, you know, the you know, in those, you know, how often do we see a player change a club and our whole game falls apart and essentially it might look and feel like the same club, but in their hands it isn't. So that period of adjustment, there's no way you think they can limit the distance with club or ball and not make it feel different. Is this something you found in your game, Andy, or, or, or Paul? Or, well, I, when it comes come out of the clown's mouth, I want to see it come out. <laughs> I want to see it go through that windmill at some speed. I, I won't be happy otherwise. But no, it, you're quite right. Hmm. There's going to be an adjustment for somebody. Yeah. Even for the, you know, I think deep down, uh, this traditionalist, like, like Rory's a traditionalist. I think Rory sees that. It's going to, even though he's the guy that gains from the ball going a long, long way, which he does because it's in miles, he can see that it's actually going too far. And, and that we need to find some way to, to peg it back, really. As you mentioned at the start of your, your intro, that some of the great courses that are now becoming kind of obsolete because as they were designed, they're not playing like they were designed now. They're, they're just being overpowered completely. They're going to have to find some way to do it. They should have done it 20 years ago, but it's going to be... Unless they get the manufacturer, the only way this happens is if the manufacturers are online and, and, and can go ahead with it. It's the only way. And what's it, Vani, what, what's the time scale, you think, for this? And we're just awaiting this mm. announcement from the RNA and the USGA. So, I mean, I suppose once they do it, they may just kick the can down the road again. But uh, it seems that they're about to yeah. make some sort of definitive call on it. You know, if they're going to go, if, if they're going to go here with this, there's other things they can address as well, like the putter up the arm and the long putter, and um, they did the greens books. That was a very, very good thing that they did. You can't have a, a computer algorithm map of a green, so you don't need the skill of reading the green is taken out of the game. That mm. that's one good thing they've done. But rules, people like the RNA and the USGA, generally speaking, 
it's a slow moving convoy. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, they, they look into things, they get committees and they get research after research after research to come to a conclusion. It takes ages to come to a conclusion and then it takes ages to implement something. So we'll see. It's not going to be this year. Good to talk to you, Rob. Thanks very much. Take care, fellas. Good to talk. There we are. There's Robert Lee, their former European Tour Pro Sky commentator. And it is interesting to make the distinction between amateurs and professionals. Well, it's quite difficult, isn't it? I mean, a number of listeners and your good self, Andy, want some kind of clarification. So who should we turn to? I think the late, great uh, heavyweight champion, Henry Cooper, possibly. See, the amateur game is the amateur game. You know, you, know, you can, you, uh, that's the amateur game. Well, thank you, Henry. We can't uh, argue once with again, that. clearing up an argument that, that's been going on since time immemorial. Great to hear that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, we enter the world of uh, footballing memorabilia, and I imagine this will be quite coveted. Uh, the spring ball for this chat, and we know no more. This is a leap into the unknown. This is all I have. And I'll admit, it's slightly biased. It was in the sun last week. And it says, this is it. Boots worn by Diego Maradona as he cheated England in the 1986 <laughs> World Cup. Their words, not mine. Although, uh, well, I'll tipped. Yeah, he did. I'll, he did, yeah. But the I'll, referee allowed it. I'll tipped to fetch £15,000 at a London sale. So that's all we have. Um, so our research team uh, worked off the back of that, and I think we found the people that are selling them. And so he had to tell us more from Grand Bud Auctions. Is Adam Gascoigne? Good afternoon, Adam. Hi, chaps. How are you? Yeah, good, good thank you. Is that broadly what we're talking about? Are they the boots from it, the game against England? We can't say definitively. Right. Um, the boots were bought directly from Maradona as part of a larger collection. Um, the majority of that now is sitting in a South American museum um the boots are exactly the same as he wore uh, the same style the puma king boots which he's synonymous with mm. um but we can't tie them exactly to that game but interestingly as a lot of his shirts have appeared on the market but you've never seen a pair of his boots so this is as far as we know this is the first sale of of any of his boots steve um, oh God. sorry no, go on. Absolutely fine. I was just going to say that they, you know, if you if you look at them, match them, photo match them, they're the, they're the same boots, but we can't say definitively that's what he wore. Because you never know how many Neymar don't know how many he's actually given away or sold that were those boots. No, absolutely. <laughs> the reassurance is they came mm. directly from him, and there's a letter with that goes with the boots, but it doesn't stipulate the games. Because a lot of his, after he died, a lot of his uh, assets and items were sold off at auction, even including houses, etc., etc. Is yeah. was this bef- this was coming to your possession or the the person who sold it's possession before he died? I take it. Yeah, well, before the the, the deal was done uh, with him in two thousand and five, right? Um, and then the majority of the collection was resold. We kept these boots. Uh, and decided now with everything that's happened that it's time time to sell them. Wow. You, you, you mentioned the shirts there, and of course Steve Hodge, who was playing against him directly, yeah. Against, yeah. he has the shirt. He has the, he has the, the actual shirt, shirt in so a safe nobody, somewhere, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, so no one can actually come out and say, no, this is the one he wore, because it isn't. No, no, absolutely. That's uh, that's safe and sound with Mr Hodge. Yeah. So um, are there other items of Maradona's that are going up at the same time as these? No, it's just it's just these boots. Right. We've we've got a general sale. We've got some really interesting items. There's a 
uh, fantastic collection. I think we've got 41 lights, lots relating to Duncan Edwards. Oh, okay. Um, which is um, obviously a, a really sad and poignant story, but it mm. relates to his fiance at the time, a, a lady called Molly Leach, um, who rushed out to be near him after the accident, being at his bedside, and sadly ended up bringing all his belongings home. Right. So um, some some really interesting items from their their relationship. They were engaged at the time. So a lot of his a lot of his family items, letters, letters from the Dassler brothers wishing him a speedy recovery, all sorts of things like that. Really, really interesting items. I'm so we've got, a, we've got a wide mix. Yeah, I'm looking at the website at the moment. Apart from the football stuff, Adam, you've got some great boxing stuff as well. I'm just looking at the moment. Um, signed Rumble in the Jungle poster. That's apparently a, a price of £900. I see a pair of a Muhammad Ali signed Adidas boxing boot as well. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a good mix of items. We've mm. got a, a golf club. A putter from the uh, first American Open or the American Open in 1894 before it went to the US Open, in, which is regarded as the first one in 1895. And um, that's, that's a lovely club. That's a, there's been a lot of interest in that. One of the earliest FIFA medals, uh, badges rather. Um, and, and closer to home, some, some good FA Cup things as well. So it's, it's a real mix for us. No, our last side was just football, but this has yeah. uh, got a lot of good items in from tennis as well. So looking, we're really excited about it. We're talking about the Duncan Edwards collection. You've got Duncan Edwards' overnight bag taken to Belgrade for the 58 European Cup tie. They say 41 items altogether, but the bag, yeah. that, I mean, you know, some very personal stuff then, this, as you oh, say, because of the connection. Incre- in- hmm. Incredibly personal. I mean, goosebumps just, just holding that bag to think that was a bag that he he, he took with him. Yeah. Um, some some of the um, the letters, his insurance policy took out an insurance policy three months before before the crash, paperwork relating to that. Um, I mean, you feel that this should re- be like Manchester United. You would think. I mean, I know we always well, say mention this. Yeah, you know, there, there was a, yeah, there was a story on the Antiques Roadshow on Sunday. A guy came along. He was the grandson of a famous Newcastle player who'd won three FA Cup winners medals. He had his shirt from the '55 final. And the expert said, Raj Bistram said, you know, surely the club would be interested in this. And, you know, you think the yeah. same with the Duncan Edwards This stuff. should be you, in the Manchester United Museum, this stuff. You'd, you'd hope so. Um, they've got a history of buying things. Mm. A lot of Duncan shirts. I mean, I'm from, I'm from the Midlands anyway, from the black country. So I've got an, an affinity with him. And a lot of mm. his shirts and things were in a, a museum in Dudley. Until sadly it closed, and and they're all with Manchester United now. So, fingers crossed, um, they end up in a in a place where people can can look at them and see the items. Because, as you said, they're tremendously personal, and and it really brings that home. There's a there's a lovely photo album that they put together, Molly and and Duncan, and it covers it's Man United colours, all gilt embossed with his name on it. And shows pictures of him during his national service. Excuse me, national service mm. um, when he first joined Man United. And and it's so sad, but it, it finishes halfway through. You know, it's, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And wow. and that's there as well. So 
yeah, some some really interesting items. Yeah. yeah, as you say, so much of this stuff you'd, you'd want to see and you'd hope that it gets in the hands of someone who will let other people see it. So uh, it's it's online. Absolutely. Is it, Adam, at the moment? This, it this is, auction? yeah. It's, it's, the, the auction's um, up and running online um, and it takes place on the 8th and 9th so people can view it and it's live streamed and you can bid bid live then as well as placing bids at the moment. Right. I'm, um, I'm looking at auctions. I'm looking at uh, Okay, yeah, sorry, and I'm looking Andy at a, it, yeah. your club Bocker, a Bocker jersey number 10 <laughs> 1995 worn by Diego. Oh, yeah. And that's 320 pounds it says as the hammer price. I don't know if it's gone bad. up since then, but uh, quite Yeah, wow. What is it? Look, okay, nice one. Good to talk to you Adam. Thanks very much. Yeah, you too. Take care. Yeah, that was a, that was a long time ago. That was in 2011, Andy. That ship yeah. may have sailed for you, but uh, yeah, go and check out the boots. You go ground bud. It's very interesting. A bit of a, you're going to go down a bit of a, a, a ground bud auctions rabbit hole if you're not careful. There's so much stuff in the sale, but very interesting. And I wonder what those Mar- yeah, as I said, a Scotland fan definitely buying those Maradona boots. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs yeah, here really, on Talksport. Really rubbing it in for you there. They certainly <laughs> a trail are. for last nice night's game. for last night's match, thanks. Uh, Tim Vickery uh, will be joining us in the next hour. Um, a bit of Bielsa reaction. And uh, we'll find out a bit more about the new man as well, Jesse Marsh, of course, a proud American. Brian Chiretta joins us. We're going to talk about the MLS. You're right there, Andy. Have a yes, look through your bag. Are playing what's in Andy's bag? No, I was just looking for something. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yesterday we spoke to Andy Smart. Uh, Shrovetide Tuesday football, Ashbourne. In Derbyshire, the traditional uppers and downers game, um, four hundred aside, uh, and the goals three miles apart. It's normally a, a low-scoring affair, but yeah, I mean, yesterday sounds like it was a goal fest. It was by the stands of this tournament. So often, Andy has come on, and it was nil-nil or one-nil. But um, Andy Smart rejoins us now because they're playing again today. But I think Andy's watching rather than playing, you know. Man of his age, for goodness sake. Uh, good afternoon. <laughs> Come on, really. I was, I was watching you yesterday in the middle of all that, you know, really. You've got a, you've got a bus pass, man. Slow down a bit. Slow down, Andy. The, um, it was, but it was 1-1, wasn't it? It was a fantastic game yesterday. Yeah, they, they changed the rules so that normally it was uh, 5.30. If a goal was scored before 5.30, uh, they they would throw up another ball, and uh, this year they made it six thirty, and it, a goal was scored about five thirty seven, which was just perfect um, by Monty Lyons uh, for the Uppards uh, out, out at Sturston Mill, and uh, a fine goal is scored, and then uh, they they threw up a second ball at six thirty six forty five, and um, that was just manic because at night it becomes a completely different game, mm. and uh, <laughs> they. Just, there was people running everywhere, and the, the downers got it, got a breakaway. They smuggled it out of the the, the hug, and they uh, they got it out almost to their goal. And then uh, there was a, they were met by a large group of uh, uppers who then dragged it back into the, the town centre again. And I thought, right, that's it, it'll be over now. And uh, so I went off to say with my mates Ralph and Lauren, and uh, and then we, I was watching it in the taxi, and they. And they managed to get it back to the... The Downers managed to get it back to their goal and Nathan uh, Harrison scored. So it was oh. 1-1, which is really unusual in this game. Did they Ralph go- and Lauren give you a polo shirt? Yeah. <laughs> they all took that. Yeah. <laughs> they've, got, they've got their own... Look, they, they make their own. I can see them getting a cease and desist letter from Ralph, Ralph and Lauren. The Ralph and Lauren collection. So how come it didn't go to penalties yeah. at 1-1 an extra time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine that. They were exhausted. Well, I think the, the reason it got away so quickly in the second game was 
half half of the uppers had gone off to the pub to celebrate scoring the first goal. <laughs> so, Just like football in the seventies, really. And yeah. and we, we we were still in the car park waiting for the second ball to come out, and all the because they have to walk a mile and a half back from the goal to the centre of town. Wow! And all the time all wasting the that is, isn't it? Getting back to the centre circle <laughs> by the time you've thrown your shirt into the crowd and got it back. And all the downers came, and they stood. They they they, they got in a big group round the, the the back of the the cooperative. Uh, Food bank uh, mm-hmm. store, and uh, they, 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 you could see they were planning their tactics. Whereas the uppers, it all were like, way, and they were off to the pub. It was like, uh-huh. and the downers really took advantage of that. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a, it's going to be a real grudge because normally the, the, the uppers win the the, when, the Tuesday and the downers win the, the Wednesday. So just remind us what makes you an upper or a downer. It's geography, isn't it? Just remind yeah, us. Again. Yeah, it's, it's if you're born north of the river then or you live north of the river then you're an upper and if you right. live south of the river you're a down see I'm yeah. an upper and you're a south you're, you're a, I'm a western yeah you're a yeah, <laughs> you are well, that was close anyway. yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> Monty apparently Premier League clubs are looking at Monty Lyons he's very good at, in a sort of scramble yeah he is yeah, <laughs> in, in one of those scrappy games that you sometimes get it'd be very good what's well, the score they, yeah sorry Andy they, they have they have, a, they have a list of like each team has probably about five players that uh due to how they've played over the last couple of years, hmm. uh, who are on the list to be the goal scorers if they get it near the goal. So, right. uh, Monty was very lucky. And he he was play, he played probably sort of a good four hours before he wow. scored that goal. So wow, was, four hours in the car came yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Touch the ball more. So, uh, before... Oh, hang on, the ball's coming. Oh, oh, hang on. Is it, get out of the way, Ellie. You're not playing the watching the way, today. It's a quick move as well. Is it nil-nil currently? Yeah, yeah, it's nil now. It's still Fantastic. in the car park. It's only moved. It went over towards the fish pond meadows for a bit, and yeah. then, uh, and then the, someone Man. flicked, someone flicked it up in the air, and it came down in in the middle of a group of players, and none of them caught it. So it was then dribbled on the floor all the way across the car park for wow. about fifty yards, Fantastic. and then someone picked it up, and then it, and then now they're back in the near the plinth where they threw the ball up. Roger Jones threw it up today. We'll keep an eye on the scores, uh, Andy, throughout oh, the yeah, you, can follow, yeah. you can follow it on Shrovetide, on uh, Shrovetide uh, Football on uh, Twitter. That's uh, right, Shrovetide Live, live it is, you can find it. Cheers, yeah. Andy. Good to talk to you. We'll catch up with you soon. Yeah. All the best. See you, yeah, see you at Cheltenham. Cheers. There we are. Shrovetide Live. Yeah, you can, watch the, you can watch it all happening. Yeah, I don't, I've seen the ball. I watched it for about an hour yesterday and didn't see the ball. So, um, what a mad yeah. sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. As a lot of teams got used to that, of course, mm. playing Man City over the years. So, um, anything else you want to share with the class? Well, I know you, you used to love these, where uh, somebody's a famous sportsman's personal relationship or his love life is treated in the sort of sporting way. And this yes. is F1 icon Lewis Hamilton's relationship with model Camilla Kendra has skidded to a halt oh, okay. with enough. a racer back on the grid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? Pals claim the Mercedes team driver, who was knighted last December, grew close to her last year, but the relationship is no longer ticking over. <laughs> it's <laughs> a <laughs> <laughs> references. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It would be great if it's just some that uh, some that don't quite <laughs> come off. I've got one of the Duke of Kent. I always like to keep up with him. Yeah, he's yeah, up yeah. To. And he yesterday he went to celebrate the birth of Frederick Chopin wow. at the 
Polish Hearth Club. But he thought it was the Polish Health Club where they've got indoor courts. Indoor courts, yeah. Anything, everything comes back to tennis, as you've probably, probably gathered. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Charlie will be with me from one o'clock. You're back, uh, Andy, for the mm. birthday spread. I might buy those Maradona boots. I think they'd be my size. 15, yeah. You'd, what, what was he? Size? Was he no, size? What is he? Well, no, it's Pele, they always say, was size eight, don't they? Size seven or size eight. What would Maradona? He wouldn't have big feet. Wouldn't size, be size five, twelve. Size five. Size 12. Imagine you have really... We've never noticed before now. He's got really massive feet, Maradona. Size 12 feet. Who would have thought it? Anyway, uh, yeah, Charlie here tomorrow. Birthday spread and all that. Uh, We'll be reflecting on the FA Cup games and looking ahead to uh, Everton versus Boreham Wood. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 